Welcome to Do You Know You? The Enneagram podcast where we know you better than you know yourself. Hey. Hello again. Yeah. So, isn't there back. a movie named Hello Again with Shelley Long? Oh my God. I don't know. Why? Yeah, I think there is. I think she's like a ghost. Are you 74 years old? Okay, whatever. It was 80s. It was like a late 80s, early 90s movie. I don't. That sounds like some grandmother. No, it's it's actually, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So if you haven't seen Hello Again, I would recommend. But like, what's the premise? I told you. She dies and she's like a ghost and she comes back and she's like rich. I think she's rich. Um, I'm going to get the plot of this wrong and someone's going to be like, that was not the plot of Hello Again. Um, and she like comes back to like try and like reunite with her husband and then like, okay, she like wears all her fancy clothes, but she's like a ghost. Okay, I'm done with that. Um, so, no, I haven't seen it and I won't be. And no, we're not. You're okay. Not well, watch it. everybody else is going to go watch Hello Again now. <laughs> well, I'm good. I, I'm, I will not be watching Hello Again because it sounds like an ancient 80s movie not even just like a cool 80s that sounds like a grandmother 80s movie there's like special effects in it I, okay i'm done yeah so today we're <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh force because that's a thing that everybody yeah it's thinks. a pop in topic <clears throat> it is i i um so we're gonna let you lead us on this conversation being oh, our resident four lead you down the river sticks of four yeah I have never in my life. I was thinking I've never ever heard you say that. The River Styx. And you're talking about being ancient. And I don't ever want to do it again. Okay, Methuselah. <laughs> so let's just, <laughs> let's just let's keep it keep it modern today. Um, yeah. So what do we know? What do we know about well, here's, the problem of four? Here's what I know: that everyone thinks they're a four. Absolutely. Um, it is by far the type yeah. that uh, is most commonly mistyped. Um, I think most of our clients, when they arrive, are like, I'm a four. Yes. And it's not their fault. Um, not it's, at all. It's uh, errors in the transmission, as we like to say. Yeah. But um, yeah, everybody, everybody thinks they're a four. Yeah. And, and you know, it. some of it is because uh, if you're looking at like meme-worthy Enneagram posts. Right. Um. Well, first of all, let me go off on my theory about why I think everyone thinks they're a four. Enneagram light is what I call yes, it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Enneagram light. Um, I think uh, as card-carrying elder millennials, yeah. Um, I think that there was a big kind of wave of people our age and younger um, because generationally we were told you're all special. Everybody's special and everybody has like a uniqueness. And um, when we got that kind of like in our systems that Mm -hmm. I think culturally there's like an idea of everyone wanting to be special or unique or Mm -hmm. like seeing themselves that way. Um, And so I think the words that used to not be, uh, I don't know, they weren't used as much are now like sort of commonplace and like everybody wants to be unique Mm -hmm. and special. And so then they're like, I'm a four. You know, I have often wondered, and maybe this is something, you know, if we have anybody listening that is doing coaching um, like in South America or Europe, um, they could 
you know, answer this question, but I often wonder if it's a symptom of being American yes, and that our culture is so individualistic that it increases people's need to stand out or be unique in some way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, being a... Like, does everyone think they're a four in Brazil? No. It is not the most popular... Brazilians? Uh, Let us know. Us I mean, correct info us. at empathyarchitects.com. But I think it's a, it's a uniquely Western yeah. and particularly American kind of uh, orientation towards the type. Yeah. And, and it, a lot of it is, um, you know, m- misunderstandings and the dissemination of the type in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think as an individualist society, um, hyper-individualistic, we hear that the, some, some people call the four the individualists. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, that's me. I'm right. independent and I'm unique and I'm different than other people. So yeah, I've also noticed that... Uh, it's really common, you know, we can get into all the different reasons why different types mistype is for, but um, I think anybody that's ever felt outcast or left yeah. out or, um, yeah, you know, has pain, what we call social trauma, yeah. right? Um, really negatively identified social people um, will tend to identify with four because they see themselves as outside of the, you mm-hmm. know, they're the... The weird-looking duck. Yeah. Theoretically. Well, you know, it's really easy for anyone that has pain, trauma, suffering to identify with sadness. Right. And so I think that's kind of, you know, I'm going to call it an elementary mistake. Um, you know, that might sound arrogant, but it, it's a mistake yeah. of, of new learners right. that, you know, being sad doesn't make you a four. Right. Um, that's not what being a four is. It really isn't about sadness. And so I think that's something that we're going to talk a little bit more about. Yeah, too. we should definitely delve into that. Yeah, I definitely think people think, well, I'm sad. Right. Or if they, if anyone, which, you know, what crazy percentage of America has clinical depression, right? right? If you've right. ever had depression, then you're well, like... Well, and you know, sometimes being human comes with something called emotions. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, and sadness mm. is one of them. Yes, yeah. So and we've all been graced by sadness at some point. Yeah, so I think there's like a... there's. It's interesting because there's, on the one hand, there's a sort of idealizing of fourness. Yes. And then on the other hand, when people find out what it really is... Yeah. Then it's like, oh, I don't like that. And then so fours yeah. get... Actual fours get kind of projected on and have a hard time, but yeah. So I think like, you know, maybe we can just take four off of its pedestal and bring it down with the other types. Yeah. Let's raise up six and bring down four. <laughs> yeah. So just, there's no personal um, agenda in that, is there? No, really not at all. Yeah. Aaron's a six in case you didn't know. So um, it's sus to me that you want to raise, raise up six. No. Well, no, I, I don't mean like mean. higher than other types. I just I mean know like, you, mean. Yeah. you know, because it has such a bad well, reputation. Well, wants to be a six, right? Right. So. Everybody's so like, you know, turned off by it. They're right. like, oh God, not a six. P to the S. P to the dot to the S. To yeah. the dot. Most people that mistype as fours are either sixes or twos. Yes. The Maybe, sad and, two. And the, and the nine. The sad nine and the and the sad two. Um, yeah. So yeah, we should do definitely do another another casting of uh, I'm talking about sixes because that needs to be yeah yeah that needs to be done. But no, I agree. I think we need to kind of um, 
demystify for a little Mm -hmm. bit and then also but then like not take it too far because then some people um yeah tend to make it like it's like super creepy goth monsters yeah so what was it you were telling me that you had heard someone had said about four um word on the street yeah uh is that somebody, I, I don't know if it was uh, another podcast or something that somebody came across said that fours um, want to leave a bad taste in your mouth. Ooh. And after oh, I got no. done internally screaming. Right. Um, arms back screaming. Arms back, blow you back, hair back scream. Yeah. Um, in my apartment by myself. I was like, why? Why is that being? Yeah, I think my... My question would be, how do we reconcile leaving a bad taste in your mouth with refinement and elegance? <laughs> right. So that's quite quite a yeah, puzzle. Don't. So they're heart types. Um, and none of the heart types want to particularly leave a bad taste in your mouth. That's <laughs> not usually the goal. Um, whenever you're looking for validation of your image and right. your self-worth. Um, right. Now... Will the heart types settle for negative attention if you don't get positive attention? Sure. Yeah. Is that what you want initially? Probably not. You know, I mean, okay. I'm sure there's a punk rocker out there that's like, I want to leave a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, but... Do they sound like that, though? Absolutely. I want to leave a bad taste in your mouth. I think that... I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually anyway continue keep going I just like the image of a punk rocker with that voice it's pretty stellar I feel belittled right now I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry it's fine yeah it's okay anyway, anyway yeah um so yes there are those people out there right the negative social yeah the negatively right. when we say negative social we don't we might have to decode that a little bit. The negatively identified right. social instinct. And you know, that's something we haven't talked about. So if you're upset right now, or you're like totally discombobulated. <laughs> you feel some kind of way. Yeah. If your eyes are shaking because you're like, what? Um, we will talk about negatively and positively identified social instincts. We definitely will cover the instincts um, in a different episode. Yes. Yeah, we we will talk about the instinct. So when we when we say negatively identified social, um you can have a positive or a negative identification with any of your instinctual uh types um stacking. So when you're negatively identified with the social, it's like groups suck, people suck, people hate me, mm-hmm. I'll never fit in, I am not like the rest, I'm a misfit. So you can be any type and be negatively uh, be the social right. instinct and then negatively identified with your social instinct. It's just you're on the outside. Right. You're you're always on the outside. Looking in. Yeah. Which which would make sense why you would read four maybe even if you weren't near a four. I mean, I mean not physically near a four but <laughs> right. In, in terms of type right. um and think you were a four. Because your social instinct and your negative identification with your social instinct would say, you are not like other people. You're different. You're, you're outcast in some way. So, yeah. So, yeah. Anytime you get the negative social type, um, you can get that counterculture vibe. And that can happen with any of the types. Of course, if it's four, you know... <sighs> This is like an unfortunate example, but I'm going to use it anyway because he's good. 
for this. Yeah, but sure. if you you know Marilyn Manson, for example, would be Yikes. a great uh, <laughs> would Yikes. be a great example of the negatively identified social force. So it's not just like I don't fit in. It's like I don't fit in, and I am a literal a literal monster. But but well, yeah. the image of being a monster is, is and so um so anyway, it creates uh, somebody who's going to be even more extreme. So. Yes, that you can get that sort of like, I'm terrible. Right. And I'm going to play out and act out my terribleness. You know, our favorite Grendel. Yes, Grendel. The monster uh, Grendel. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that went to high school, um, which is most people. Many people. Yeah. I mean, you know, but even if you don't, you could still encounter Grendel. It's a good story. Yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, we're probably leaving out middle school kids. That's true. Yeah. And I mean, like... <laughs> but how many middle school kids are, like, listening to an Enneagram podcast? Those of you that did not read Grendel, little short synopsis, Grendel's a cute little furry monster. I say cute. Did you say monster? I said monster. Um, he's a cute little furry monster, but not really little um, at all. Uh, and he... What, what would we say? stalks the mead hall yes of um uh, well he's envious yeah he, he watches he, the men in merriment yes and yeah. splendor <laughs> and he pines he pines for that experience for that inclusion yes. for that love yeah and he watches from the wood yes does he, he have like a cave? I think he lives in a in a in a cave. Yeah, he might, but he approaches the tree edge and peers. Yes, he he peers into the mead hall and yes. sees the the Viking Norse kings and queens and knights mm-hmm. and just having a good time. It's like all Game of Thronesy yeah, in there, and then he's like, "I wish I could do it," and they're like, "You're so scary," and he's like, "But I'm not. I want to be included too." Yeah. And, you know, Grendel's mom tries to tell him, you're not like them. Um, they don't like you. So she kind of poisoned the well a little bit. She probably was a 4-2, but, um, <laughs> you know, you're not like them. They won't like you. They'll never accept you. Stay away from men. Right? And Grendel was like, F that. Um, so he watches. And, you know, the, he shows up in Beowulf. Um, we have gotten really... English classy, but actually it's a good metaphor. So he shows up in Beowulf and we see it from the men's perspective, right? And they just see yeah. this monster that's come to wreck their Just a grotesque smell. I mean, they talk about the smell. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. just disgusting. Yeah. Loathsome, really. Yeah, yeah. But and then when you see it, when you read it from his point of view, he's very sullen. He's sad. He's, yeah. he's outcast. It's actually yeah. it was a quite, quite a touching story. It really was. He um, was very misunderstood. Very misunderstood. He really just wanted to play. Yeah, he was and a gentle And they were soul. like, whoa, bro, you're really tall and furry, and you smell like a garbage heap, and we don't want that up in here. Please leave. And he was like, what? Why can't I play with y'all? And then... And then the debauchery commenced. And when I say debauchery, I mean like ripping the heads off of people and like spitting it out. It was it was pretty grotesque. Yeah. But it it stemmed from and then at some point he kind of flips towards the end of the book and he decides, oh, these these guys really don't like me. Mm-hmm. And so I am gonna I'm gonna f shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that you bleeped the f word, <laughs> yeah. but not. You know what? I tried, but I'm not a natural bleeper, so you know, it's cool. 
that out. Do you want to take that part out? We'll just, you can take that out if you want to. Okay. So yeah, he was like, I want to, I just want to, I'm going to ruin everything, right? I'm just going to wreck it all. Wreck it, Ralph. Yeah. Um, But it it stemmed from his envy, right? So uh, that's the part about four, um, to get back to our original plot line here. Yeah. uh, Is a real four, if you will, will always have like an edge. And what I mean by an edge is it's like you can always sense the anger right underneath the sadness. Um, The sad two, for example, will often think they're fours because they're identified with feeling misunderstood or, or under underappreciated, unappreciated, overlooked. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a sadness when you're a two and you're trying to earn people's love through being supportive or of service in some way and there's a sadness when people don't see you and see your intentions for what you want to be seen as and Mm -hmm. so a lot of twos will recognize their inner sadness and think oh i'm a four i'm sad inside Mm -hmm. i'm emotional um but fours the difference is is that the four is also intellectual um they're intellectual they're they show angry envy so Mm -hmm. we talk about the envy piece um and uh, there's like a little bit of edge underneath that, the sadness. And it, the sadness isn't like sentimental. I cry at sad movies. And no. stuff, although, you know, anybody can, but it's, it's longing, you know? And so, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I think longing is a human emotion that everyone identifies with, but I don't know. I don't know why everybody wants to be a four. Like if you really, I don't know. There's, I, I really think one of the problems is, at some point, well, over time, it's just really become glamorized. I mean, it's almost like this, you know, it was like elevated. Yeah. Like people are like, ooh, four. Yeah. I mean, I think we like, you know, there's a mystery, you know, the adjectives of mysterious and intuitive and creative are alluring. Yeah, it has, it's like it has a glow around it. Right. But what people don't realize is that the four is they want to be seen that way. That's the idealized image. Um, but it, it's really covering over intense um, self-consciousness and a feeling of being inadequate and yeah. bereft. And yeah. Cursed. Cursed, you know. When, so when we talk about the four feeling longing, it's not just like, oh, I really miss my childhood because I was happier. It's like, God cast me out of the Garden of Eden. I am this loathsome monster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this flaw. And eternally damned. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's like, you know, all the all the hard types will have that feeling of like, oh, if people really knew what I was like, they wouldn't like me. So right. they all share that. But the four, it's like, I will find that flaw through analysis. So that's why we, you right. know, Naranjo called the four the overanalyzer. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, so it's not just like, oh, I recognize there's something wrong with me and I feel shameful and I'm a little shy. It's like, I'm going to find out what this thing is. I'm going to delve into my psyche. I'm going to pick myself apart mm-hmm. and I'm going to find it and I'm going to fix it. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, let's look at it from this angle. I think. This is something that helps. It doesn't really help with the six misidentification, but it it can with two. Um, 
Because fours are chronically dissatisfied. And while twos also actually are chronically dissatisfied, they don't see themselves that way. They see themselves more positively. They have a positive self-image and they need to see themselves as nice and kind people. And so they don't see that they can have that kind of chronic dissatisfaction. But fours know they have it. They're identified with it and they're searching. They're looking at what is missing, always what is missing. And even when, you know, something comes in that they've been looking for, it's, well, now there's something else missing. Right. Because that attachment to the chronic dissatisfaction is what keeps the four fouring. And and the other thing I would add to that is, you know, the difference between the two and the four is that the two... The sadness comes from, I have so much love to give. And if people would just let me love them and give to them, and I'm, I'm full of this abundant joy, then I will feel, um, I will feel, people would just feel so much better, right? People yeah. would feel so much better if they would let me love them. And I feel so sad. That, but we'd all be happier. Right. And if I, if they let me love them, then I'll get the love back. And so often, um, Naranjo referred to the two as having false abundance, mm-hmm. um, because the two doesn't actually have as much reserves of love and joy and all of that thing that they think they do. It's, it's false because they need it feeded, feeded, hi, conjugation, oh fed back to them you have a degree <laughs> several so, i've spent a lot of money some college gave you a degree yeah. like what <laughs> so i've spent a lot of money to say feed it um they feel that they need other people to feed them as well so there's that unspoken you know that's where the strings attached kind of right you know transactional thing comes from with with two but they, you know what i it's it's like an easter basket loop Okay, are you with me? No. They're like, I'm going to fill up this basket full okay. of goodies, uh-huh. and I'm going to give it to you to make you happy. Uh-huh. And then the expected result is that people will be like, oh my gosh, this makes my day my life. I love you. This is great. Let's keep this flowing. And then if it doesn't go as planned, then they're like, okay, wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. Wait a minute. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, when am I going to get my basket? Yes, yes, yes. And so when they don't, how many baskets are they going to give away without getting their basket? It's like perpetual gift exchange. Yes. Yeah. With two. Right. Um, and and it, oftentimes the other person doesn't realize that that's the game. Right. And sometimes the two doesn't know until they know their twos. And it's always not, it's not always as literal as gifts. Right. But metaphorically, it's that support, that love. energy trade yeah. of like, I'm going to funnel my energy into you, mm-hmm. hoping that it will come back. And boomerang back. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the sadness for the two comes where it's, it doesn't come back because people aren't, right. aren't tracking that. You know, they're not thinking about relationships in that way. And so mm-hmm. when you don't get, when you give and you give and, um, and when we, we more metaphorically give, cause it's not that they're literally giving, right. they can, if they decide that's how they want to do it. But support, love, attention, yeah, uh, you know, anticipating needs, right? And then you don't get it back. Yeah, that makes you sad. That's that's a a point of that's painful. Yeah, it's a point of grief for a lot of twos, yes. and they see that. But the four does not feel abundant. 
Um, actually, the pride for the four is in I don't have enough. Mm-hmm. And, and I will withhold. Right. Because they have five, have on, five the on the other side. side. I have to hold on to what I have. And if if the four, okay, so here's a good difference between two and four. If if a four thinks that you want something from them, they will withhold yes. that from you, that very specific thing. Yeah. A two will give you that very thing. Yes. Now, now you know, let's complicate it a little bit. Because yeah. if the oh, two has a certain level of... Um, narcissism or their pride has gone too far, yes. then they will not give you what you want. The two wants to give you what they want you to have. Right. Um, now, if you ask, sometimes you'll get it. Sometimes you won't. It just depends on if the two has decided to shower you with that particular attention. But the four, as a matter of, it's where the envy shows up. Well, why should I give you what you want? I don't get what I want. Right. I'm lacking. Right. So how dare you ask me? for something right i don't have have anything to give right um and it's so yeah that's the reflection of five on the other side that feels that they don't Mm -hmm. have enough to give it's avarice right um and so for the four yeah it's it is it's they don't feel abundant they don't feel they have that it's not even that they don't feel like they don't have enough love there's just not enough love or whatever it is Mm -hmm. in the world to go around no and some people those that have gotten it got it for some reason for, mm-hmm. that they don't know. They don't possess whatever quality it was. That, well, it's like the light doesn't shine on you. Right. It shines on everyone else, but not on you. Right. So in order to get the light to shine on you, you have to be exceptional. Yes. You have to be unique. That word's overused and most fours don't like it anymore, but it still fits. That You have to stand out in a way. Now, all the heart types want to stand out. It's just how do you do it? And the two is going towards other people. I'm going to stand out by being gregarious and people-oriented and supportive and funny and loving, um, and you will not be able to resist me. Right. The three says, I'm going to stand out by being the best. I'm going to be, I'm going to win. I'm going to be competent. I'm going to look good. I'm going to be polished. You know, when the four stands out, it's, I'm going to stand out by standing apart. Mm-hmm. So they remove themselves, put themselves away or separate from the others. Yeah. And then create an aura of mysteriousness around themselves so that then people are drawn to you. But what people don't realize about four is that you have to keep people at an arm's length because if they get close, they're going to find out you're not as deep, interesting etc cetera, etc cetera, as the right. image would suggest right and it is an image so um yeah all the image types have their own version of that unmasking right fear right and so for the four has to remain mysterious um hey do you remember that time um on instagram where somebody was like so offended like insanely offended that we said that we brought up the masks mama for the image types? Listen, if you don't think... They were like, I don't identify with that at all. That every image type is consciously cultivating an image. It's often the sixes, for some reason, that get really offended at the the mask stuff or the, the image stuff, because they're not image types. Right. So they don't see it. Right. They're like, I'm not doing that. Well, you're not, because you're not image type. Every four... Yeah, we like to say we're 
authentic and all of that. But if if you know you're a four, you also know that you're cultivating. Um, I like that you were like authentic. <laughs> <laughs> um, little ASMR for everybody there. Um, if you if you don't see yourself cultivating an image of mysteriousness, of aloofness, mm-hmm. of uh, unattainable, yes. unique beauty or insight of, of rarity, intellectual depth. Um, it, it's why, you know, Naranjo associated four with, you know, sophistry, right? And sophistry is basically the uh, cultivating the appearance of sophistication, of mm-hmm. knowing, um, which is why intellectualism goes hand in hand with four. Absolutely. Right? You, if people are dazzled by, you know, they have three on the other side, so they do want to dazzle. They're dazzled by um, people that are intellectually complex, that can analyze things deeply, that can cite, you know, poetry and literature and all those, the the sort of sophisticated things of life. Um, It's why we associate four with the the kind of aristocracy, right? There's Mm -hmm. an elevated snobbish quality that comes with four um and it's because it creates the image of being interesting and if you're interesting deep insightful intuitive and mysterious then you won't be rejected right but the strategy is different for the four than say for the two um who's the two is going towards and the four is pulling away yeah it's you come to me come into my world um but then when you get into my world, I probably won't like it and I'll want to push you out of my world. And then I want you to keep trying to come into my world. And it's a whole, the push pull. Well, and then the, the six is actually ambivalent. Right. So they're, sometimes they're pushing, sometimes they're pulling, sometimes they're moving towards, sometimes they're moving away. Right. Because they don't really know what. Well, they're stuck between five and seven. Right. So it's like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. Yeah. I'm in, I'm out. Oh. Right. Yeah. And, and it, so it's less, um. The six is the most, uh, here's another thing we need to throw in the pot. The six is the most emotionally complex type. Yes, for those Enneagram. of you that haven't heard us say it, or for those of you that have, it's worth repeating. It's worth, it's worth. It bears repeating. It bears repeating, it does. Because um, people think, well, I'm a four, I'm, I have so many emotions. Um, oh, okay, good. Well, you're human and you're alive. I love that for you. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, like, the six is the one with the rapidly shifting emotional content. I'm, I'm, you know, I wake up in a good mood. I get a text message. Uh, it makes me feel anxious. Now I'm anxious about X, Y, Z. Uh, I discharge that anxiety. And then, then somebody else says something and it makes me sad or I feel angry. I go off on that person. Then I feel bad about it. I mean, this is... This is the rapidly shifting inner world. Does that sound familiar? Welcome to my day. I was going to say. Welcome to my day. Feeling yourself there? Did I? I was like, is this based on anyone we know? No, I mean, that's, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. So. Yeah. My mood is very subject to change. Yeah. As the, as the winds are. Yeah, exactly. Blown about by every wind. Oh yeah. Melody Beatty. Oh my gosh. That was like. Life changing. Like. Y'all. Like, we were reading Codependent No More. In high school. Like, 18 years old. I read it in high school. We were so weird. Yeah, we were really weird. I was reading self-help books, like, before I even graduated high school. (laughs) Like, I didn't even have enough issues to be reading self-help books. No, but, like, we were, like, 
deep inside of that like like okay let's just pivot now okay um <laughs> no, but like really like we were like anyway we, yeah. were, we were weird high school kids but um but yeah it, it the sixes like all over the place i mean emotionally and so when you know when sixes are like oh, i have all these emotions um aren't fours emotional well yes and no i mean fours emotions are refined and I hesitate to use that word because it sounds like I'm elevating it. But like when I mean refined is there, if you're getting the big crying or the big overreactive Mm -hmm. anger, sometimes the anger can be big, but the crying and the, it's probably two or six. Yeah. Those are the more, um, you know, excuse the unfortunate Freudian misogynistic term, but those are the more hysterical uh, emotional types yeah more um, histrionic more histrionic in their display right. more histrionic yeah. whereas the four's emotions are internal they're subdued right um there's a th- pretty level quality to four and they sure can have explosions uh, of anger but it's like a brewing storm yeah remember when we went to see fiona apple oh my god the first time we yeah. saw her live and um i was super excited because i'm a big fiona apple fan who we type as a four by the way a really great Fiona. example of the, the 469. Is that her theme song? Yeah. Cool. Um, That's my song for her. I Send it. She might put it on her YouTube and use it for something. She She's actually, pretty quirky. She actually might She actually that, like, literally might. Like, l- let's do it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so when we went to see her live, it was like, I thought it was a great personification of like the way the four broods um because she was literally brooding on stage while she was she got in her space and she's notorious for hating to perform and but she's a good performer she just is self-conscious and as all fours are yeah Yeah. um but it was like watching storm clouds build Mm -hmm. and and you never really she has nine in the tri-type so it it never fully Mm -hmm. explodes and comes out but that's what can kind of make the four a little menacing um, if they're upset uh, because you know there's stuff going on in there well and i think you know underneath everything for the four is it's really rage yeah it's not sadness yeah It's, it's rage the sadness is like the face they show to the world right you know, for the seven, it's the happy smiling face. For the six, it's the like, oh, I'm nice, don't hurt me, but also I'm your friend. You know, I can be funny and loyal. Right. But for the four, it's I'm going to show you sadness. That's kind of the mask is sadness, but underneath it is is a deep rage. Well, you know what I always like to say with fours is. Um, I like to tell fours like it's okay to be okay, and the four, the fours and sixes have trouble with that. Yeah, the six fears that if I'm not vigilant and I'm not planning and I don't know what's going to happen and I'm you know, potentially could get scared, then I'm going to get something terrible is going to happen. As soon right? as I stop worrying right. about something, that's when we're going to have a problem. Right. The four. Um, and this is a this is a good clincher. Yeah, uh, the, I love a clincher. Uh, clinchers are the best. I love a clincher. And now it sounds like we're talking about other things. Um, the but for the four, it's like if I'm content, if I'm happy, if I let people know that I'm satisfied, yeah, with whatever it is, 
I will not get my needs met. So the four, the, the sadness, the longing, the attraction or attention to what's missing, which is just where the attention naturally goes, mm-hmm. is a way to ensure in the four's ego um, that, they can, that they're going to get their needs met. It's like, if I'm content, then people won't pay attention to me anymore. So I have to be uh, dissatisfied. Like it, it, it's the attraction or the necessity of being in longing, in dissatisfaction. That's the identity. Well, and like developmentally, you know, I mean, this is getting a little like psychoanalysis-y. Get it. Um, <laughs> analysis-y. <laughs> uh, it's like the baby that cries right. to get the mother's attention, to have the mother come and tend to the baby. But the four is crying and there isn't a response. Right. right. And so that's the chronic dissatisfaction. That's that feeling of of being abandoned and left raw. Right. Right. And needing to figure out, well, what is this thing that's making people not come to me? Right. Um, Why are my needs not worth meeting in the same way as other people's? Right. Right. So it's, it's the inner longing that fuels the inner search for self. Yes. Um, yes. And, and it's, it's not like people are like, well, I'm into personality types. Like I'm totally looking for myself. Like, okay. But if you're a four, it's deep into the analysis. It's the analysis under the analysis, under the right. analysis, under the analysis. Right. And, and there's, it's a never ending. Well, it's why we say fours are therapy junkies mm-hmm. and they make good therapists because they can help people get to those under underneath layers, if you will. Well, I think what the four really wants to is to learn something new about themselves. Yes. Because they already think that they know everything there is to know about themselves. And so they, others for that matter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So they truly are searching yeah. for like that little kernel, that corner, that dusty corner of themselves that they haven't seen. And what they need is someone to mirror to them. Yes. Hey, you know, I'm noticing something in you and here's what it is and you might be missing it. That is like yeah. a delight it, it, for it, the four. Yeah, the mirroring for the four. So the two wants to be mirrored as, God, you're so supportive and you're so loving and um, what a joy to have you around. Yeah. And I don't know what I would do without yeah, you. You're the light in my life. Right. What would I do without you? We just mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to survive, right? Which feeds the two's feeling of, needing to be significant in mm-hmm. others' lives. But for the four, it's, I've seen something in you that other people maybe haven't seen yeah. or, or they can reflect back to the four, or at least acknowledging a part of the four's inner world that maybe the four didn't share. Like that's like, you know, right. crack to a four, yes. right? It's like, oh, you've mirrored something in me. Right. Some deep part of my psyche, even, and here's the clincher, another clincher. I'm ready. Even if it's negative. Oh, absolutely. Even better. Even better. Even better. And that's, that's where Because that makes it real. Differs from two and really six. Um, is, absolutely. Is I want you to mirror to me, not only my gifts, but also my deficits. Yeah. And I want accurate mirroring. Yeah. And the four won't trust you if you can't, if you don't see both. No. Um, the two doesn't mind being idealized. They love that. Really. Duality. Duality. 
And actually, <laughs> duality. Okay. Actually, it's starting to sound like a medication. It does. It sounds like we did a little commercial break for the medication duality. Oh my God. If, if there are any medications out there and you want us <laughs> to read all the terrible side effects of your medication, give us a call. We don't have a phone. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't ever call me. Um, if you <laughs> we don't have, have a phone. moderate to severe duality. Anyway, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, the four is able to hold. And it's actually kind of leads us to one of the gifts of four is to being able to hold both people's flaws and their gifts and um, unique gifts. The four is able to sort of mirror back to others what that individual brings that is unique yes uh, that's what they're looking for in others as well right and so they're looking that's what they want right right and we we all do to others what we want right um and so that's really what the four wants is to feel a sense of you know are you mirroring me accurately not just my positive Right. side. It's often why fours, when they first meet people, like in relationship, will kind of act out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like they're going to be like brooding and play hard to get and um, may even just list out all of their negative traits or sh- display something that other people would hide um, early on in a relationship because the four wants to see if you can. You know, right. It's like the stuff that you don't you're like, um, I thought it'd be a few years till we got into this <laughs> level of chaos, but okay. Right. They usually serve it up real quick. Yeah. Real hot, real quick. Yeah. I don't like that one. Can we, can <laughs> we not do that one? Um, so, yeah. And then um, another, can I throw in another thing that people don't talk Yeah. About I mean, you know, let's just go and... I'm thinking yeah, we might have to do a part two. Sure. Sure. We this can might always, be a two-parter. We can always do a part two. Um, it's worth it's worth the time. It is. Because um, I think if, if people can uh, see both sides of four, because um, we haven't really talked about the hatefulness. Yeah, we're getting fully. there. Um, but I do want to talk about the humanitarianism aspect of four. Um, this came up in our Facebook group. And, um, you know, Naranjo actually said that the four was the Enneagram's humanitarian. And he didn't mean like, you know, philanthropist necessarily. That's more to or social, social instinct. Um, but it's humanitarian in the sense that the four will, uh, will always defend, protect, um, and honor the human, our humanity, that what makes us human. And particularly around expression, the right to feel and express oneself however one feels, um, but also the values of compassion and um, empathy. You know, empathy is a whole other subject, and, you know, there's a whole biological component to empathy. But fours often see themselves as empathetic because they want, and they are, they're good at sort of being witness or bearing witness to people's suffering. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, that's what Naranjo meant by humanitarian, is that they're the the person that can sit there and hold emotional pain longer than some of the other types and right. and let it all in and they kind of celebrate it in a way. This is your dark day's friend. Yes. This I is mean, your stormy weather. Yeah. That that's stuff you're going through that you, you don't want to tell anyone about. Right. 
because you're like, wow, this is like incredibly shameful and it's so painful. Like, I don't even know what this territory is. Your forefriend is the one that's going to walk you through that valley. Yeah, bottom of the Enneagram types. Yeah. yeah, that the four is... We're like a little hammock down here. <laughs> We're the Enneagram's bottomless pit of all kinds of fun things. But um, but yeah, the four is, is like, yeah, let's explore that shadow. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about all those things that you're not supposed to say or think yeah. or feel um, emotionally and explore them because the four wants to do that they're like mm-hmm. masters of shadow work right mm-hmm. and and actually they often have to find their positive qualities because the four can almost idealize their negative qualities well and the bit. four really is the type you know to me that is most likely to see people as whole human beings um the good the bad the ugly all of it and you know they can they can see someone's negative qualities and acknowledge that, but also still hold the person's positive qualities. So they're not as likely to put people into categories of like good, bad, yeah, nice, mean. Right. It's like, this is a whole person. I mean, they contain multitudes. Yeah, yeah the, the, they're comfortable with the ambiguity yeah. of the human right. experience. Right. Um, and, and which is why... You know, we're seeing a lot of these villain movies, right, where they're sort of building the backstory behind villains. Mm-hmm. Um, many fours often relate to the villain in things. But, you know, I'm thinking of like Maleficent, which is a four character mm-hmm. um, played by a four, Angelina Jolie. Um, oh, my God. When people type her as a three. I can't. I cannot. Anyway. Um, like, look at how soft her eyes are. What? But if you don't know micro expressions. And- like, if you compare, just compare Everyone right now, get on your phone <laughs> and Google Nicole Kidman and look at her yes. eyes. Now Google Angelina Jolie and look at her eyes and tell me that's the same type. <laughs> it's not. It is not. Thank you. It's not. It is not. <laughs> Don't it, mess with that. No, it's it's like when you see the hardness of three next to the sort of sad liquid pool eyes yeah. of the four, it's you can't. Well, it's like that, you know, hungry, forward momentum focus of the mm-hmm. three, that laser eye. Right. And then the four, it's like, please come and save me. Yeah. But also, I'm probably going to scream in your face. Yeah. Well, when you save me, then I'm going to probably devour you. So, yeah. I'll yeah. just burn your house down. Right. It's fine. Right. Four, four is like the... I'm really feeling metaphors today. So it's like the... Oh, I use metaphors all the time. Oh, like, yeah, I think I live my life in metaphors. I think my clients are probably like, okay, you're not writing a novel. Like analogies. it's a coaching session. If four <laughs> is like the, it's like a vampire that looks sad. And yeah. then you approach it. Yeah. And you're like, hey, do you need help? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I do. And then that's when you go in for the kill, right? Yeah. Um, so so you the, the four things they want to be rescued. Um, but you can't let other people rescue you because that means that they've... Well, then they've solved your problem and then you're not dissatisfied anymore. Right. I mean, come on, people. Right. <laughs> right. So that's that's part of the push-pull piece. But yeah, the four can hold both people's uh, flaws and their gifts at the same time. And then, and then this thing about beauty... Um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So the four is aesthetically focused and it's not just like i like beautiful things yes but it's like 
I must have beauty. Right. Uh, because it reflects their inner world. Well, beauty is one of the values worth living for. Yes. Worth dying for. Suffering for. Yeah. And and when we talk about suffering for fours, especially the self pres four in particular, mm-hmm. will suffer for beauty or for an ideal. And so it's like, I will endure whatever hell this is because I have this beautiful ideal or this beauty that I'm trying to attain, whether it's, you know, a photographer enduring terrible conditions in order to get the perfect, you know, most aesthetically beautiful shot or, you know, the whole Lawrence of Arabia traipsing across the desert thing for a cause. Um, That's how the four suffers for what they consider to be the ideal. And the ideal is the beauty is the ideal really. Yeah. 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 Um, and and suffering is elevated to almost like a spiritual well it is it's a spiritual ideal for the four yeah. um and not in the like uh you know there are many not religions in like a flagellating way right i was going to say right. there are many religions that uh, that sort of venerate suffering in a in a martyrdy martyrdy in a martyrdy way <laughs> <laughs> we have an accent <laughs> in a martyrdy way um there are many <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. No, there are many religions that elevate suffering in it, in sense of martyrdom, uh, but it's not quite the same. It's not like I will sacrifice myself for you. That's more the like Christian Jesus ideal, right. uh, which is more the two-ish kind of archetype. Yeah. Um, but it's more like I will suffer uh, for perfect love or for perfect if it's a sexual for or for uh the uh, this cause you know it's why naranja said the four had a passion for protest yeah um you know the four can be pretty you know for the most part they're like normal people and they can just have you know be normal (laughs) during the day they're not always sitting in a corner crying wearing like Right. One of those like black veils over like Lydia Dietz. Um, <laughs> People are like, oh, he works at a grocery store. He can't be a four. Right. Like, I mean, what? you know, fours have normal jobs. Yeah, they have jobs. They're human. <laughs> right. They have to, you know, do things like everybody else. Um, but, but they're may, in, inside, they may feel like Lydia Dietz. Uh, but, you know, they're doing normal things. But where was I going with that? Where did, where did we start off with that? Um, We were we're, talking about the beauty, the ideal of beauty. Yeah. Suffering for beauty. I I guess my point was that um, they, the suffering is elevated to an ideal. It is, is, it is something to be protected. And if you take their suffering away from them, then who are they? Who are, who am I if I'm not suffering? Right. Um, And that's why, you know, if you're a therapist and you've ever worked with a four, you might be like, that's weird that this person has so much insight for one thing. I'm speaking as a four. I probably can speak well to this. Um, therapists are probably delighted at first because they're like, it's just so much insight. But like, that's what fours do. Right. So you get a four client um, and they just have incredible insight into their experience. Well, they're also going to pay you for years. Right. <laughs> um, so it's like, why are you here? But what they're really paying you for is, can you identify something in me that I haven't yes. identified yet? Yeah. Well, probably not. Well, that's the lifelong search. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's what, you know, 
I mean, think about all the stuff, you know, all the years of therapy you went to and all the, I'm just like talking about your journey. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Like, let me just tell your story for yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but you know, all the self work you've done, I mean, since our high school yeah. self-help book days, yeah. um, and you still, you're just looking for that thing that you yeah. haven't found yet. Like, yeah. what is that little place? that I haven't observed in myself or there's something someone can tell me that I haven't looked at. Yeah. It's, it's like you're looking for that key Yeah, that will unlock the door that will then show you all of the things um, or the one thing that you've missed that will right. then make you feel like the, the beautiful swan, whatever, whatever the imagery is. Well, once you, you know what it is, you can fix it. Right. Right. Um, and the sexual form in particular is, is really focused on finding, um, that, you know, the fatal flaw, but they also don't know what it is, but they feel like other people can see it. We'll get into the, we'll do the instincts on our, on our part too. Yeah. We talk about the different yeah. ways that it shows up, but yeah, it's the four is an insight master. So it's like, it can seem impressive and it is because that's, that's where they have mastery is, is the interior world. Um, knowing oneself. And then the arrogance of four is that, well, I know myself really well. I know what I feel, my motivations, the mechanisms of my psyche. Um, let me tell you what yours are, right? Ooh. And if they, and that's where they get into trouble. That's where they get into trouble. It's where they piss people off. How many fights have we had based off of that principle? What, that me telling you what you think and feel? Yeah. And being just absolutely certain that it has to be that thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. And and listen, I would say just like with the two, you know, seven times out of 10, depending on how healthy they are, they get it right. They're giving you the thing that you want and you're like, that's amazing. Thank you for giving me that. And yeah. fours, if they've done work and, you know, they're not complete narcissists, right, then they can often intuit what is going on with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, that they really are good at it. That's what they do. Right. But, but on the off chance right, there that are, they're wrong. There is that, you know, 35% or whatever that's like, yeah, you could be wrong and maybe you should listen to what and the other person is saying. And then you're interacting with a six that are, can argue forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all, you should. Me in college. You should have been a fly on the wall in some of our epic long arguments where it was me telling you. Like we legit once had a three hour argument about a DSM <laughs> like yeah, diagnosis. diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was yeah. one of our more ridiculous forays. Uh, we're into. like quoting and I'm like on page 36. Yeah, no, it was really insanity. That yeah. that was one of the more yeah. like weird ones. But yeah. But yeah, that's the arrogance of four. Let me tell you what you feel, why you feel it, when it started. How it started, <laughs> when it started, how to fix it, what you need to know about yourself that you don't know. Yeah. And like helpful if you're a therapist or someone's asking for that kind of insight. Um, well, that's why fours make great therapists because yes. that's the perfect way to channel that. Yes. Not, that's kind of the only <laughs> yeah. combination where you can like put all of that into one thing and concentrate it without someone being incredibly offended. In insulted. Yeah. Yeah. Because the arrogance is that. Well, when someone says, no, this is my experience, and the four is like, no, no, it isn't. Well, like, in writing, that's why they're also really good. Powerful right. writers. Yeah. Anything that, that kind of connects humanity for people, and it's kind of like, this is what the human experience in its multitudes is like. Yeah. When they can translate their 
yeah, emotional experience, their suffering, um, their insights into something that other people can into something beautiful, universally beautiful, yeah, or universal because of its humanity and beauty. Yeah, yeah, you hit the spot there. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. That was that sweet spot. That was the result of fear clincher. That, thank you. I was trying to think of what term I used earlier. Yeah. Clincher. So the word of the day is clincher. I think we should just continue to to weave that in. Clincher? To, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Should we have a clincher every episode? I think we should. Okay. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for the clincher, actually. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> should we get like one of those like air horns that's like clincher? It's like, uh, uh, uh clincher alert you know I how know, much i love air horns i know you love an air horn it cracks me what, up. like when do you think that started like what is i don't know okay i can't pinpoint it in the past like maybe two or three years it really picked <laughs> you, up speed. you seem you left like a child like you giddy yeah 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 bam, 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 bam. like <laughs> it's just all the see yeah every yeah bam, bam, bam. yeah it is like your yeah it's it's it, like it, your like, siren song. And it's not, I just want everyone to understand that I don't have a natural affinity just for air horns, but, <laughs> but it's an, it's an inappropriate placement of air horn. <laughs> yes. That makes me laugh. Yeah. So, it, is it ever appropriate? I mean, like at a sporting event or something. I mean, I don't know that the word appropriate. I was going to say, fits. I ask you again, <laughs> is it ever appropriate? It's, it fits more. Okay. It's a little rowdier. Yeah. I don't like that. But like, what if somebody was like, oh, I'm glad I got to wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like, you know, everybody poops. (laughs) What? What? I need you to break that one down for me in our last couple of minutes. It's everyone's, it's everyone's first novel. Everyone poops. Everybody poops. Yeah, it's not a novel. It's just a book. But... I mean, it's a novel if you're a child. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of children, at least for okay, us old children. I'm pretty sure I probably read like the Happy Little Worm or something. But before. they like you don't remember that book. Listen, we've had this conversation about this book before, and I know that it's. I remember it. Did the kid look like Cal Yu? I don't think like wasn't so. he like a little bald? But kid? I think there were different kids. Oh, I want to. I almost am thinking that they had different skin tones and yeah, hair. Yeah, but that might it's be progressive. Or maybe I was going to say that wish. that could be my wish. <laughs> I think that might be a. It could I mean, be, especially if it's like a seventies book. Yeah, it could be more me being like that would be amazing. Okay, this train has gone off the rails. They do show the poop though in the illustration, and again, it's, I. It it was very fascinating as a child. For you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There are others. I'm sure there are, and maybe people will let us All know. All you everybody poop lovers out there, you know. You know. Yeah. You read it to your kids. They loved it. It's a classic. I was proud of us. We almost got through a whole podcast without talking about something crude. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know that that's true. Well, but like we did almost get through with it. But we might and have said something. And then you had to go and bring in up the, other the potty book. Potty. I, I'm trying to be family friendly, friendly here. So, okay. So I think with that, okay. we should probably wrap it up. Um, and yeah. So we'll see. We'll do part two. Part two on four. Yeah. Part two on four. I like saying it like that. 
part two on four. Part two on four. All right. Thanks, friends. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we're not actually done because once we ended, <laughs> it was some research was done and we misspoke about the uh, the book. Yeah, my deepest apologies. Um, I actually was referring to the book Once Upon a Potty. Okay. That's the one where they show the poop. So we needed to let the people know that. Yeah, just in case, you know, you guys want to get the book. Google it, yeah. And there is an Everybody Poops book. That wasn't my experience. I read Once Upon a Potty. I mean, I do remember a book that discussed those things. It's just about pooping. But, you know, I think it's great that that exists for kids so that they can, like, make it fun is it supposed to be what is the point of it let's not do this <laughs> okay <laughs> the point is is that the book is called once upon a potty yeah and if you're interested you can purchase the book and you can find out mm-hmm. what is in the pages yeah. what a wonderful and beautiful way to end this podcast on for us. have a lovely evening yeah.